This is Kotecki on Tech. I am James Kotecki here with Rob Nendorf, Director of Data Science at Arity. Rob, welcome to the show. Great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate the time. Basically, as I understand it, you take data from everything from sensors in cars to the mobile phones that we all carry in our pockets. And you turn that data about how people are moving when they're in cars into insights for ride-sharing companies and insurance companies and others. Did I basically get that right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great summary. And so that means a lot of different things. So part of it, like you said, uh, looking at the telematics data, so the, the sensor data, and really just trying to understand what is happening in the world, right? Like, uh, so the collision model is a good example. That 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 insight is, is really just trying to understand the reality of what happened. Did you experience a collision-like uh, event? Um, and, and a lot of other things, like how quickly you're moving, how aggressively you're braking, um, whether you're handling your phone in the middle of a trip, um, kind of where you're traveling. And, and so there's all this information about the reality of kind of where you're driving, how you're driving, when you're driving. Um, and then kind of on the applied side of it, it's like how can we take the understanding of that reality and offer these kind of direct insights to companies. So an insurance company might want to understand, hey, uh, is this uh, person who has an insurance contract actually driving for Uber or Lyft, even though they don't have the right coverage for that? And, and so we could detect that for them. And then the insurer can say, oh, hey, like, let's maybe reach out to that customer and say, get the right coverage you know, for them. So that they're kind of uh, catching all the appropriate risks, you know, associated with that individual. One way to express what we're talking about is, you know, the idea of being spied on and there's the whole creepiness factor. Now, if you work for a company like an Uber or Lyft, you kind of expect that maybe at least they're monitoring the app and so they can monitor your phone and so they can monitor where you are. But I mean, I have car insurance. I drive around with my phone in my car. Is the company, is my insurance company getting that data? Do I have to opt into this as an individual? Yeah. And, and is that something that your company deals with? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, we are extremely committed to uh, data privacy and data transparency. So we're actually already today GDPR compliant, even though um, none of our current clients require that of us. So um, given kind of where the company came from and its kind of culture and values, it's something that's extremely important to us. And, and I, I would say we're actually out in front of a lot of this stuff. So to get at your question, uh, Absolutely, all of our interactions with sort of end users are through kind of uh, transparent opt-in, you know, you know, sort of engagements, right? And so that can happen in different ways, right? So you could be participating in the kind of usage-based insurance program for an insurance company, right? And you sort of in their telematics program, and you signed up for that when when you. Um, you know, bought your insurance policy and, and they made it very clear, like what that meant and that you're download this app and this app would be kind of tracking some things about how you drive. So it's a very opt-in process. Uh, same thing for like uh, the mobile app companies that we work with. They're all uh, setting up user experiences where the user gets this, um, you know, coherent and transparent terms of service and, and understands what they're signing up for. And frankly, we've turned down, um, partnerships and deals where we didn't think the the partner was living up to our standards of that sort of transparency. And so you have all this data about how people are driving. What can you tell me about how people are driving? What are some counterintuitive things about the way people drive that, you know, might not be obvious? I think when, when I hear that question, 
part of what comes to mind is that a lot of what our data science team does is uh, really validate what our gut might suggest about risks on the road and more rigorously understand it. So a, a fair bit of what we do is, is, is taking things that aren't surprising, but taking them to a point where we really understand them at a, at a detailed way. And so uh, a lot of what ARITY is about is like taking the guesswork out of identifying, quantifying the risk of various driving behaviors so that businesses can reliably manage them and, and leverage um, you know, these services to create better customer experiences. So like, an example of that is like as a society, we've like, come around to the idea that distracted driving has made us all less safe on the roads. Uh, I think most people would agree with that or at least not be surprised by that. But we've kind of developed a very specific understanding of distracted driving. And so we know, for instance, the most distracted drivers have about two times the cost associated to this driving risk than the least distracted drivers. And um, that probably doesn't surprise anyone, but it's really important to know exactly how much that risk impacts things. And then we know exactly what are the drivers of that risk. Um, but some interesting things are uh, when it comes to distracted driving, for instance, it, it takes, it, we think like somewhere between six and eight seconds to recover from a phone handling event. So if you're driving your vehicle, you pick up your phone, you do something with it. I think we all understand that in that moment you are distracted and probably not driving at your best, but it actually takes several seconds, even once you put down the phone to kind of recover to that mm. baseline level of risk. Um, so there's probably, even though people know, oh, distracted driving equals bad, um, they, they probably don't realize how bad it is and how much it can affect, um, you know, their focus and their, their level of risk. And so these are the types of things that we use and we detect these behaviors for our clients to kind of help them run their programs, make end users safer. Um, another possibly surprising thing about distracted driving is that uh, I think when we think about distracted driving, we think about smartphones, we think about apps, we think about young people, right? And, and certainly um, younger drivers, you know, have a real significant issue with distracted driving. But um, we, we looked at drivers that are 55 years old and, and up, and what we find is that, well, generally they are better in terms of these distracted driving metrics that, and these behaviors that, that we quantify, um, there, there's a small but significant group of them that are just as bad as teenagers. So yeah, sort of like no one's exempt from the sort of distracted driving issue. And when we think about it, it's, it's really at a society level and it's, it's not um, one group of, of younger people that, that we have to focus on. What does your data tell you about our I guess, readiness for self-driving cars as a society, or how does your data contribute or not contribute to that? Because obviously that's the underlying drive that a lot of us talk about when we talk about the future of transportation and ultimately what data is going to enable us to do, which is to, to feed into some AI systems that will drive uh, the cars themselves. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, we, we think a lot about the future of transportation and thus uh, think a, a lot about um, these autonomous uh, vehicle platforms that are, that are kind of steadily advancing um, and, and what I would say is that, you know, while we are very kind of bullish on the eventual mass adoption of these platforms, it's going to take a while for us to get there. And a lot of that's for, um, you know, the, maybe the wrong reasons of like sort of, uh, you know, 
regulation and bureaucracy, you know, that doesn't really address the right needs. And, and then some of it's for just very natural reasons in terms of it takes a long time for a fleet to turn over and sort of um, age age out, have the older vehicles age out of the, the fleet and whatnot. So um, I, I think what our data helps uh, kind of u- uniquely offer um, this space is connecting the reality of how vehicles, these autonomous vehicles might move around to the risk of um, adverse events happening, right? So, um, you know, we have a lot of understanding about not just collisions or accidents that have happened, but what are the outcomes from those events, right? So um, a lot of tech companies can, can understand, okay, hey, this collision event happened or, hey, our autonomous vehicle crashed into something and so that's bad and how do we analyze that and, and improve our algorithms. Um, but we have a really rigorous understanding of when people get in accidents, what happens to those people, right, that are in that vehicle. So we can sort of connect it to like a human aspect of things that is at the end of the day w- what's really important. And so um, w- we see a lot of opportunity to offer that perspective even in the, the autonomous vehicle space. I don't know if you drive a car to work or not, but if you do, or just when you're driving around in your car, do you think about the world differently than you would if you didn't have this job, just because you think about the driving environment differently? Yeah, in, in all honesty, I uh, was not the best driver um, uh, a year ago uh, before I started with Arity, and um, I actually am one of the employee testers for our mobile app called Route Report, and, and it, it's really amazing when you kind of surface this information back to yourself make it transparent that, hey, you know, like you have these braking events and you took these trips and did these things. It, it actually does start to kind of put it, you know, more front of mind um, and especially like distracted driving, which I'll, you know, confess I, I, I was a, a bad uh, phone user while I was driving. And and when you start to see how this impacts things, and you start to see the risk of these things and you start to get that consistent feedback, like you actually can improve your behavior if, if you're invested in that. And so, yeah, it, it definitely has affected um, the way I drive and the way I think about kind of my personal responsibility for for being on the road. This reminds me of the the energy companies that send you kind of, uh, here's how you perform this week or this month compared to your energy efficient neighbors as far as using electricity. And here's some ways that you could improve. Uh, do I guess maybe it wouldn't be you, but do your customers like insurance companies use your data to then give feedback and tips back to individual drivers? I mean, I imagine at a certain point it could even become gamified. Like you're the top 5% of drivers in your county, you know, go, go for the top 1%. Yeah, exactly right. So our, our app has those capabilities and we put, uh, you know, behavioral science um, into developing um, those capabilities. And then we consult with our, uh, our clients who have their own kind of user facing apps um, um, to do exactly that. So, yeah, that's, that's really um, a, a really hot issue right now for, say, insurance companies of, okay, great, we can start to quantify distracted driving behavior. Can we start to um, help people change this behavior over time. And, and that's, some, that's something we're, we're working with our, our customers right now to, to help them do. So yeah, absolutely. That notion of gamification, the notion of behavioral science, and really, really it's one of like the best um, applications, I think, of, of those uh, disciplines, because it's behavior that uh, typically is not like 
core, I want to say frivolous, but like you don't really need to be using your phone while you're driving. If, if you're more rigorous about how you use your phone and you kind of commit to not using it while you're driving, like it, it shouldn't have a hugely negative impact on, you know, your well-being, right? And in fact, it'll have a very positive effect on your well-being. Um, but if we can just kind of nudge you, right, to, to use the, the popular verb these days, um, we really can change that behavior. And it's just, um, it's a win-win. And it's one of those places where for an insurance company, it, you know, their incentives and the customer's incentives are, are, the end user's incentives are very aligned, right? Like both, everyone wants you to be safer and have fewer accidents and spend less money on um, fixing your vehicle and the medical bills that can result yeah. from that. So yeah, there, there, there's a ton of, of interest in that today. I guess the only irony is it's a clear case of, of where gamification would be useful but it's a very clear case where you don't want that gamification to show up as an on-screen <laughs> yeah. interface, at least not while you're doing the thing that should be gamified, which is probably rare because most things are gamified by putting them on a screen and putting like colorful things on them and things. Yeah, that's right. So what you want is more of like uh, leaderboard functionality or something you kind of come to later and it gives you a summary of, you know, how you've been driving over the past you know, several days or several weeks. Right. Um, and, and then I think there's interesting uh, places to like experiment with if someone really is aggressively using their phone where like they're already completely distracted, maybe at that point, sending a pop-up or a notification to be like, Hey, you know, mm -hmm. you really should like stop doing what you're doing and then set the phone down because you're in the middle of a trip. But yeah, it's not something where you want the phone constantly beeping to tell you that you should be not using the phone while yeah. you drive. <laughs> And we didn't even get into the potential ramifications for parenting, right? And the ability to monitor your kids and their safety and driving. Um, I assume that's part of the plan too. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, like one, one of our biggest mobile app partners is a company called Life360. That's exactly what they do. Um, they, they have, you know, the whole family downloads the app and you can do exactly this sort of thing. And they, they see this as one of their core offerings and capabilities and, and we're helping to power that. And it's really exciting. And I mentioned the collision model earlier and, you know, it's amazing because we get this feedback from um, these customers. They're like, Hey, uh, you know, my uh, son or daughter, you know, rolled the vehicle and we live in a rural area and um, the app literally notified emergency services and they're there within seven minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure what, what happened without of this, right. Without this. And so, um, you know, it, it's powerful stuff when you hear that and it really like motivates you. So, um, yeah, it, it's one of the things that really excites me about working, you know, at Arity is that, you know, it's, it's data science, it's machine learning, it's research, it's technology. And, you know, we're kind of in this really nice office doing this stuff, but it, it, the things that we do, I actually like get out in the world in, in a very visceral way and like are, are improving things. And, and that's, that's super motivating. Well, thank you for motivating all of us today, Rob Nendorf, Director of Data Science at Arity. Thanks for being on Kotecki on Tech. Yeah, thanks for having me. Some great questions. I appreciate the discussion.